Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Today, I am rocking my uh, Party at the Point 2016 uh, shirt when the Penguins just absolutely steamrolled everyone during the playoffs that year. I, I, it's amazing that I got that shirt six years ago, and it still fits, you know, even though I've grown, you know, so many inches height-wise. Um, no, I, at, that, at that time, I was probably like, I don't know, 5'8", probably graduating high school. I'm 6'1 now, so... Um, pretty, pretty crazy. Anyways, um, another action-packed show today. We're going to get into um, Penguins making a couple other front office moves today. Um, so I'll give my thoughts on those. We'll get into a potential um, trade that I think came up in Frank Cerebelli's article. Um, I believe it was the trade bait a couple of days ago. I'll, I'll bring up that. And we'll also talk about um, an option for the Penguins at Second Line Center that not many are you know, bringing up right now. So those are going to be the three main topics that we discuss on the show today. We might also have a season review of Mark Friedman too. So that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO. Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So um, uh, earlier on Friday afternoon, we'll just get right into the um, the two Penguins news, uh, the two front office moves that the Penguins made today. Um, so Tom Custopoulos, he has been named the director of player development for the team and Madison Nickel is now the new video coach replacing Andy Sase, who of course got his promotion. Um, I'm pretty sure Sase is still going to be doing most of that stuff, but um, you know, if, if his, if his new duty takes up m- much more of his time, I'm sure Nickel will be just fine with that because he's been basically learning under um, Saucier uh, for a while now. Yeah. He spent the last three seasons as the Penguins assistant video coach uh, from 2019 to 2022. For that, he spent uh, three seasons as Wilkes-Barre's video coach, 2016-2019. He's also worked with Boston College. Um, so he has a lot of experience with being a video coach. He has been Andy Saucier's right-hand man. I don't really think much is going to change. I think this is a good move. You know, I still think Saucier is going to be the main guy buzzing down to Mike Sullivan if they need to challenge a play. But, you know, Nichols is going to be right there with him. You know, say, you know, Saucier, is, something came up or something. You know, I'm, I'm sure Nickel will do a fine job. So congratulations to him. It looks like this has been a long time coming, especially because he's been um, either the assistant video coach for the team or the video coach at Wilkesbury. You know, he now gets his opportunity um, with the big with the big club here. So congrats to him. And for as, as for Costa Palos, um, he spent the last four seasons as a player development coach for, uh, for Wilkesbury. Remember, um, he was the longtime captain for the Baby Pens. Uh, played 19. Uh, combined seasons in the NHL and AHL, uh, logged almost 1,500 games, um, <clears throat> was the captain from 2002 to 2004, and he was the captain for his final five seasons. And, you know, he also helped a lot with some of the Penguins' young players who were down in Wilkes right at the time when he was playing, like, you know, Matt Murray, Jake Ensel, Brian Rust, all those guys. Um, you know, for those that don't know, and I almost forgot about this too, he was drafted by the Penguins in the seventh round 
of the 1999 draft. And he was playing hockey up, you know, until I believe he retired back in 2019, 2020. Um, it's 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 actually ridiculous that you know he was in the organization for you know that long. Um, played for the Penguins through the 2004 season when they were really bad. Um, went on to suit up for a couple of other um, NHL teams. Actually, almost put up 200 career points. Congratulations to him, even though he was in the minors for a lot of his career. But you know, th- th- this is I think a fine move. Um, again, he's been very instrumental. Um, with the development of some of the Penguins' younger players that are up now, like Jake Ensel, Brian Rust, you know, Matt Murray when he was down there, even though I know it's a different position. But, you know, th- th- this is still good news. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, both these people are, are getting, you know, bigger and better opportunities for them, you know, and, and especially to stay um, in the Penguins' organization. So congrats to Tom. Congrats to Madison. Um, very well-deserved uh, for both people. Um, to say the least. Um, now, switching gears a little bit, um, we're going to get into Mark Freeman's season review here as I can pull as I pull up his stats um, on um, Hockey Reference here. If I can just find this here, real quick, there is our total chaos player. All right, so you know he was the main number seven guy this year. Got ample playing time to it because the Penguins were just you know not healthy for a lot of it, you know, played in 26 regular season games, played in six, um, uh, six of the seven playoff games. When he was on the ice during the regular season, the Penguins had right around 50% of the shot attempts, um, right around 50% of the um, actual goals for 55% of the expected goals, 52% of the scoring chances, 56% of the high danger chances. That's um, the best work of his career. And, you know, this was really his first, main actual season in the NHL. I think a lot of people are forgetting that, you know, you go back to when he first got started with the Philadelphia Flyers in 2018-19, played one game that year, next year in Philly played six, and then played four before being traded to Pittsburgh, played in five. So before this season, Mark Freeman had a total of 16 career NHL games played. You know, it was a very big unknown, but, you know, from what I've seen so far, he's a totally fine number seven defenseman. And if you have to play him in your lineup on on an every night basis, he's really not going to hurt you that much. Um, You know, again, solid underlyings here. You get 56% of the high danger changes. That's the, that's the best mark for his career. Um, Eight, eight for high danger goals for shot 7% this season. His shooting percentage last year was 17.6% in only five games. That was obviously not sustainable. Um, But you know, if anyone gets hurt, especially, you know, on the second pairing or, you know, even on the bottom pairing, you say if Matheson or Rubito get hurt, you know, you can just plug Friedman in there and, you know, he'll do his job. And, you know, obviously he's the total, he's the Penguins. I shouldn't say he's, the, he's a chaos player, but he's just such a, I mean, he he's, he's just such a troll on the ice. I think that's the best way to describe him. Um, he, he lives on getting under everyone's skin. I think I was watching the penguins inside the room thing. And I think one of the quotes that he said, either, I think when he was on the open mic, he said, man, I love pissing people off. And sure enough, almost every game that he played this season, um, he was getting into it with someone on the, on the other team, You, you know, people were saying that Igor Shosturkin was waving goodbye to the penguins. It was mainly, he was waving goodbye uh, to Friedman because I think he was starting crap with some of the Rangers after that game when they got blown out at Madison Square Garden. Um, counting stats wise, if I can, 
you know, get back here. Um, you know, one full goal at 5v5 this year, five total, um, you know, a four total assists um, at 5v5. Now, now we go to the playoffs here and, you know, <clears throat> did get his first playoff goal that came in game four when the Penguins just absolutely blew the Rangers out. Was on the, When he was on the ice, the Penguins had 47% of the shot attempts, 80% of the actual goals for he was on the, on the ice for one goal against, 65% of the expected goals, 55% of the scoring chances. He was also only on the ice for uh, six high danger chances against. Um, very, very solid numbers from him. Um, and honestly, I, you know, for a little bit in that series, it was almost like the Penguins really didn't miss Brian Dumoulin that much just because Freeman was doing such a great job of filling in, you know, not even just for Dumoulin, but just overall, you know, his offensive presence was very much needed. Defensively, he's he's fine. Um, I think, you know, I I, I know I wrote that Trevor Weedle was the better option at the number six spot last year, and I still think um, he is. But, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that, Free, uh, that Freeman is no slouch. I think he's a good serviceable player who can come in, you know, play like he did last year, 26 to 30 games as number seven defenseman. If you need him to play half the season or probably maybe two thirds of a season, I think you can get away with it too. Um, He really did not hurt the Penguins at all last season. And, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do for next season. I have to think right now he is probably going to be um, the the, the number seven defenseman again, Um, even if the Penguins do trade, another defenseman. I think they'll be bringing in someone else from the outside from another team to replace that defense, but I don't think Freeman is going to get that opportunity. Um, at least that, that that's my opinion. Um, so that wraps up this first segment of the, uh, the today's episode. And as for Freeman's uh, grade, I'll give him a solid B um, this year. Probably exceeded my expectations a little bit. Not, not, not as much for an A because, you know, we didn't get as big of a sample size as, as maybe I wanted to, but, you know, I think a solid B um, sounds right to me. Now, coming up in the next segment, we are going to get into that option for a second line center that I don't think enough people are discussing. But before I get to that, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports elements, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Um, it's also the fastest, easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports, including MMA, boxing, golf, whatever you watch. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction that has been online where the game starts. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, was just watching this in like a final, kind of out of the corner of my eye. And Darcy Kemper probably just allowed the worst goal. I think I've, I've seen a goalie allow during these playoffs. Uh, maybe that's not Louis Domingue. I, I, you know, the, the, the Kreider goal in game six still, you know, brings back some bad memories. But um, just a slap shot from like 40 feet out, no traffic in front of him, and it somehow goes below his his glove. Um, it's a miracle that the Avalanche are one went away from winning the cup tonight. Um, and, you know, by the time you listen to this, they may have already won the cup um, or the series. Obviously, we'll be going back. To Tampa Bay, but he's just not been good these playoffs, especially after a really good regular season. But um, getting back to our uh, topic discussion for this, um, let me know what you all think about this. I'll put this idea for you out there. What if, so say the Penguins cheap out on Evgeny Malkin, they don't want to pay him 7.5 to 8 million. They're like, hey, you know, you can go chase your money somewhere else. We're not, we're, we don't, we're, we think it's too much of a risk. You know, say they feel that way. 
What if the Penguins re-sign Evan Rodriguez, put him at the two center, and then bump a couple guys up or potentially sign another center free agency, and then use the money on one of the big wingers in this free agent class, like a Philip Forsberg, like a Johnny Goodrow? That would be interesting, right? You could roll a Gensel Crosby Russ first line, and then you could also roll, um, especially if you have that cap space from Evgeny Malkin, that that nine um, that nine point five million. Even if you bring back Chris Letang, you can again. I want to keep Evgeny Malkin, but you know, stay with me here on this hypothetical. You get you gain that nine point five million. You give it. You give most of it to someone like Forsberg, who maybe want eight. Uh, you know, I don't know, eight times eight something like that, or maybe like six times eight. And you put him on that uh, second line with an Evan Rodriguez. And, you know, say you also bring back Ricard Raquel. If you can get him below 4 million, that would be nice. Obviously the Penguins will have to make other moves from the salary cap trade out of defenseman to make that work, especially if you are bringing back Crystal Tang and then potentially figuring out who you want to bring in from the outside. Defensively, a lot of moving parts in that situation. I am trying hard not to sound like someone who just plays a bunch of NHL 22. I know that the cap works here, people. But, you know, then your second line is definitely cooking with something there. You know, an elite winger in Forsberg, a pretty good second, a pretty good center in Rodriguez who almost had a 50-point year. A, a decent winger like Ricard Raquel. If you don't bring him back, you know, maybe you sign someone else in free agency um, or, or you can just elevate Danton Heinen up there, pay him, and then voila. I mean, honestly, that's a pretty decent second line. If you can roll out Heinen Rodriguez and someone like Philip Forsberg, who's a right shot, um, I, I would say I would be, you know, even though I'm someone that is not happy with Malkin leaving, I still think that's a decent second line. Now, is it a massive downgrade going from Malkin to Rodriguez? Yes. You know, especially because, you know, Rodriguez was, uh, you know, obviously not the same player on this year. You know, I think, you know, Danny Shirey summed it up best when he was uh, writing about uh, Rodriguez for the drive to net, net this year. You know, Rodriguez before January 8th played in 33 games, 15 goals, 30 points at 64% of the expected goals. After that, for the start of the second half of the season, played in 49 games, four goals, only 13 points, 54% of the expected goal share. While that stat is good, the four goals and the 13 points is not. He was a totally different player, was not consistent at all. Um, where is that middle ground? And if you can, and you know, if the, a middle ground can be reached and he produces you know, m- maybe not as bad as he did in the second half and maybe not as good in the first half for a full season. And you bring in an elite winger like Forsberg who can put the puck in the net uh, no, very well. And you potentially bring Heinen back who also just set a career high in goals this past year. That's a pretty dang, that's a pretty damn good second line to say the least. Um, I would be you know, surprisingly happy with that. And, you know, you don't have to go out and overpay for Vincent Trocek, which is a very Ron Hextall move. I, and I've seen so many people throw that out there. Yes, I know it's a great hometown story with Trocek, but at the end of the day, he's probably going to make too much money on the open market. And, you know, you're, you're also not guaranteed of even signing him, just like, you know, you're not guaranteed of bringing back Forsberg. I'm, I'm mainly just doing this for silly season reasons, but, you know, it, it does make sense in a little bit of ways. Um, you know, the, the, that top six is still pretty decent. And then your, your third line, you can roll out, you know, potentially you can have Teddy Bluger down there, or, you know, you can have, well, 
Teddy Bluger being on the fourth line, excuse me, you can have Jeff Carter on your third line. You can have, you know, if you want to bring back Kasperi Kapanen on a very cheap contract, you can maybe have him there. If not, you can go out and sign a third line winger to play to play with Carter, um, potentially elevate Drew O'Connor to that line. Fourth line, you can roll back Teddy Bluger um, with Brock McGinn. And whoever else you want to put on that line defensively, you have most of the defense that you're going to be playing with next year. If you do bring back Crystal Tang, you know, that's even great. That's even better. And you always have Tristan Jari net, and potentially you have a backup ready to go. All of a sudden, you know that there are pieces here to work with. Even though the Penguins are not, you know, paying of getting Malkin in this circumstance, they're still getting a pretty good goal score in return. And, you know, they're bringing back Rodriguez, who, you know, they can afford just because of their salary cap. Uh, you know, constraints. So, you know, let me know what you all think about that. You know, would you sign someone like Forsberg or Goudreau to come in, you know, for Malkin's contract and potentially re-sign Rodriguez to be their center? Or would you rather overpay for someone like Trocek or Nazem Kadri? And, you know, I would be very down to sign someone like Kadri, but, you know, he's probably going to want, you know, 9 million plus or something like that. He'll easily get over eight with how he's played this year. Um, I just don't think the Penguins will want to give out that kind of money for someone like Kadri because, you know, what What if he doesn't produce the way he did for the Avalanche next season if he signs with Pittsburgh or, you know, honestly, whoever he signs with? You know, that's that that's the big concern I have with him. So it would definitely be I- I- intriguing. Um, it's something that, you know, I've seen brought up by a couple people in the Penguins community Want to give my thoughts on that on episode. I'm glad I've been able to do that. So, you know, let me know in the comments on YouTube. Let me know. Send me a DM on social media if you have it. You know, would you find that, you know, acceptable for the Penguins as they potentially search for a new second line center and they add an elite winger? Or do you think they should just bring back Evgeny Malkin and maybe Ricard Raquel as well and maybe find a way to bring back Crystal Tang? You know, just let me know what you all think um, there too. Um, Still have a little more to get to for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into a potential trade target for a Latang replacement that I that was linked to the Penguins earlier this week. I have not talked about it uh, super much on the podcast um, this offseason, but we're going to get to it now. You know, this is this is what it comes to. You know, we're, we're at June 24th now. We're only a few weeks away from free agency and the draft and all that. Um, you know, I still have plenty of time to do a lot of other targets, but you know, this is, this is one of my favorite times of the year as I get to talk about players around the league that, you know, likely won't be on the Penguins next year, but Hey, you know, you never know at this point. So stick around for that coming up in the final segment for today's episode. All right. I'm back here on this episode for the locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Hello, underscore penguins. So I saw this floated around from Frank Sarlelli's uh, trade targets. And at number 12 at the time, he had Jeff Petrie. Um, this would be a trade target with six goals, 27 points, 68 games last year. Contract-wise, three more years, 6.25 million per. Um, and the scoop from Cervelli last season was a write-off for both Petrie and the Canadians, both the player and team struggled, and the Habs acknowledged that they would try to facilitate a trade to help Petrie, whose family is still living in the United States. At the same time, the Canadians know Petrie didn't suddenly forget how to play hockey. The pandemic restrictions have lifted now, and they aren't willing to pay assets to move a player that is surely better than last season indicated. He will be a solid backup plan in Pittsburgh if the Penguins aren't able to bring back Crystal Tang. Um, you know, 
I, I like Petrie as a player. I would probably be down. This might be a hot take to some of you all, but maybe not. I think he's a better option to replace Latang at this point than Klingberg is. I mean, I I, I think Klingberg's numbers. Um, I mean, I, I shouldn't even say Klingberg. I think Petrie's numbers are better. I mean, before this season, when when the Canadians only had fifty percent of the shot attempts, um, when the Canadians, I have been like misspeaking a lot. I think um, <clears throat> on this episode, you know, before this season, when he was below fifty percent in Corsi, you know, he was at least fifty-two to 54% going back to 2015-16. I mean, he has been a rock with the Canadians since he was traded there during the 2014-15 season, played in 68 games for the Canadians this year. Um, 49.4% of the shot attempts um, when he was on the ice, 49% of the actual goals for, 49% of the expected goals, 49% of the scoring chances. He was right around 500 for basically everything, 47% of the high danger chances. Um, but only 37 point, only 38% of the high danger goals for. So his numbers did dip a lot this year because the Canadians were so bad. But you go back to last season when the Canadians went to the Stanley Cup final, 56% of the shot attempts for Montreal when he was on the ice, played in 55 games, um, 54% of the expected goals, 56% of the scoring chances, 54% of the high danger chances, 53% of the high danger goals for when he was on the ice. You know, he he is still a very good player. I think he just had a bad year on a really bad team. And the, the biggest thing for me is that, you know, do the Penguins even have the assets um, to go after that player? Um, you know, and the other big thing is um, why would you want to give up assets and potentially take on that whole contract? And especially when he has only 20, he had 27 points last year um, when you can just simply bring, bring back Chris Letang you know, and pay him what he wants, whether that's, you know, above 7.5 to 8 million or something like that. Um, you know, maybe Montreal agrees to eat half of his salary from 6.25. Half of that's like, like 3.1, something like 3.11 or something million per year. And, and, you know, the Penguins would be able to make that work. Um, but, you know, I think the Canadians are going to ask for a lot in return. For Petrie, rightfully so, he's been a really good player for them um, for many years. But you know, before this year, but you know, I, I, you know, in my opinion, I, I would just rather pay Latang what he wants, and especially because you know his underlings are a lot better, and his counting stats this year. I mean, again, Petrie didn't even put up um, thirty points this year. I mean, M- M- Mike Matheson, um, who was playing on the third pairing for um, most of this year, but you know, before he. Um, was elevated to the top pair in the playoffs, you know, he had more points than Petrie did this year, and he's younger than him. He had 31 points in 74 games, had more goals also than Petrie did. So, you know, I like him fine, uh, Petrie that is. I think he's a solid player, but in terms of a Chris Letang replacement, if he walks, you know, could you do could you do a lot worse? Yeah, could you do better? Potentially. But I just don't think it's even worth it to give up the assets because, you know, I think one of them is going to have to be a first round pick, potentially a top prospect, maybe a roster player involved there too. You know, Kent Hughes is not going to give that player away for cheap. Um, you know, if, if, if the Penguins do go down that route, you know, I'll be a little upset, but I won't be as upset um, if they went out and signed um, Klingberg to some stupid seven times seven or, you know, seven times Eight, eight million plus because that would just be 
um, even stupor. So, you know, to sum things up, I like the player. Um, it, it would be cool for the Penguins to have him, but if it comes at the expense of Latang, especially when it you know comes um, as a replacement for him, uh, I'm just I'm not for that. Um, especially because again, you know, the contract six point two five million for a player that's but potentially you know because he, he could have another year um, like this one on in a contending team, and if that's the case, and uh, you know, say the Penguins or another team is not eating it is is eating that whole cap hit, the whole 6.25 million, you're going to be up a creek there, to say the least. It, it would not be pleasant um, there. But um, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'm back next week with five full episodes. That's the final week of June somehow. You know, we are almost to free agency. It's going to be a very busy week. As I uh, sign off, the Avalanche just tied the game. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I know a lot of stuff has been going around for all the people that listen in the United States. I know obviously this was a tough day for so many people. Um, but I, I'm glad that hopefully, you know, I can, you know, be your escape for, you know, 25 to 30 minutes, you know, especially on this kind of day. So, you know, be good to each other, have an amazing weekend, and I'll talk with you all on Monday.